Us in our studio now is uh, North Hill Mayor Rhonda Pownell and City Administrator Ben Martig. Good morning, people. Good morning, Thank Jeff. you. Good Welcome morning. and thanks for coming in today. Absolutely. It's great have, to be here. You had a council meeting. <laughs> yeah, we great did. great to be here. Yeah. Well, it's, it's always great to be here well, with you, good, Jeff. Good. I'm glad you guys feel that way. <laughs> Ben, great, what? Yeah, he's he's, guy, he's looking at me like... Great day, the weather's know. good. <laughs> yeah. uh, you had a council meeting last night, and it's been a while since you've had one. You know, mm-hmm. between you know, the, end of the end of June and 4th of July last week, yeah. it's been a while. So you did have one last night, and I guess we'll start off by asking mm-hmm. you about a... Um, there have been a couple of lawsuits filed against the city. Uh, the persons filing them... Um, well, we'll get to that in just a moment. Uh, let's start off with, um, uh, and I, I know you, there's a limited amount you can talk to me about this, but uh, let's start off with uh, Todd Zender and Joe uh, Grunhofer are the uh, petitioners in one uh, lawsuit against the city, and that concerns uh, the uh, the bike trails in the neighborhood of, uh, you know, the south neighborhood of town that we've talked about pretty much all year. Uh, first of all, were you did you just get this yesterday? When, when did you get the uh, information on the lawsuit? Well, we don't know for sure if it's a lawsuit yet, I would say, Jeff. Okay. Uh, the, we had a public comment last night from a local attorney's office, and uh-huh. um, we were presented what was said was uh, verbally, I think it was summarized, that it was a complaint not yet filed um, legally, but that we were given the heads up first. And so um, we took that information and um, last evening, and I, I think between last night and this morning, I don't think we really have too much to add because it was you know, multiple pages of some documents that we really haven't had a chance to look at. So we don't really know too much about that, but we'll be taking a look at it and um, responding accordingly. But I think if it relates to um, the the 2023 reclamation project, certainly we're aware of that. We think we're on solid ground, uh, very solid ground uh, legally that we've talked about at length. The project's up and going, and um, we're going to be you know, initiating actions soon related to the financing of the project. So mm-hmm. um, we're proceeding ahead. We'll certainly look at any kind of paperwork. But um, if that's what it relates to, we're certainly uh, prepared and well aware of that. Okay. There's another lawsuit, and that involves uh, the uh, Northfield's uh, mayor, Mayor Pownell, along with Lynette Peterson, the city clerk. And that's concerning uh, some action taken uh, on the uh, charter uh, earlier this year. Have you have you seen, were you given that information as well? Yes, Jeff. So I saw that late last night. And can I just say that none of this was on our city council agenda? And, yeah. I, and yet it's the very first thing that we're talking about here this morning. You know, going from like a 8 p.m. end time last night and mm-hmm. we're in here at 7 a.m. It's great to be here with you. But I would really like <laughs> okay. it if we could talk about all of the city council agenda items because there's a significant amount of work that has been done there and before we move off the lawsuits i would just say that there's been a lot of analysis we've answered uh and responded to a lot of the concerns there particularly with the one that is related to the charter amendment the charter commission actually reviewed that complaint and had a really great conversation on it. So there's certainly nothing is happening here that the general public is not aware of and that things have not been vetted. They have been thoroughly vetted. It's just that people have not liked the answer. And so we just need to keep moving forward and in a transparent, fair way 
but knowing and understanding that not everyone will agree with the outcome because it's quite frankly, it's complicated. And sometimes the, the information that is shared is not fair and thorough across the board. And uh, just really want to stay in that fair, open, transparent process um, to make sure that everyone is getting accurate information. Okay. So. All right. Fair enough. That was kind of the answers I was expecting. I didn't think you got a. This was uh, given to us last night at the council meeting as well. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And it, I would, uh, I'd reiterate what the mayor said too on the charter. <laughs> they even had, we've covered this before, but they even had their own independent attorney come to the same conclusion. They were asked to take further action and, and the, Charter Commission declined, so I really think that's a non-issue related to that issue. And if, you know, again, we'll look to see. We don't even know if anything's been filed. Okay. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about the uh, agenda. Anything on uh, prior to the regular agenda that you'd like to bring up? Yeah, so we had a couple presentations. Um, one was the annual uh, Northfield Hospital and Clinics audit that is required by Charter them to come in and give us really an update and it's really at that high level how is the hospital doing financially what are the areas of concern and I think uh, we all know that hospitals coming out of COVID are all struggling a little bit and ours is no exception so but uh, we have a really great hospital board great hospital administration over there they're doing their due diligence and ensuring that our hospital will be around serving the local community for a long time and for our listeners out there we did have Steve Underdahl in about a week or so ago to talk about the hospital or finances and such. So he discussed that at length. If you'd like to find out more about that, you can go to our website, kymenradio.net, and look up the interview with uh, Steve Underdahl. So let, let's move on to the Historical Society. We've also had Sean Allen in recently, and he said one of the things uh, that they're it's taking some shape uh, and they'd like to formalize a little bit more is a plan to uh, work on um, the uh, the future of the building itself. Mm-hmm. Now, that uh, wasn't really the topic. You had your annual budget request mm-hmm. last night, but I think that was uh, probably brought up as well. Uh, tell us about the uh, presentation, What your your takes out of the presentation. Sure, Jeff. And it was, it was great to have Sean on, and I know he's been meeting with some of the individual city councilors and staff, just really getting people up to date on Number one, the condition of the building and highlighting the areas of concern, but also showcasing what they have done in the meantime to get it fixed up and presentable to the community again and really uh, creating a new strategic plan. Uh, He went over last night, I believe there are some different areas that they're working on in 2023, which includes translating all the materials into Spanish, restarting tour programs, uh, with adult tour guides on the weekend and youth tour guides during the week, right, which is pretty awesome. Expanded museum hours, increased merchandising in the museum store, and really highlighting those products that are made right here in Northfield. Uh, increasing the number of local school children to the museum at no cost. I know a, a lot of our uh, kids at the elementary level really enjoy taking those uh, springtime uh, field trips to downtown Northfield to learn about our library, and it's great that they are welcomed in at the Historical Society as well. So really, he went over some of those, but then also the ask was to, I would say, re-up the ask. We had previously been uh, had a contract or professional service agreement with Northfield Historical Society for 29000 each year, and that 
unfortunately just didn't get brought forward again. And so he was re-upping that ask and then asking also for an additional $20,000 to help cover the cost of a new Defeat of Jesse James Day's uh, display to help highlight the 75th uh, celebration, uh, 75th anniversary, right, of the celebration. Uh, And, um, yeah, so that was kind of the ask there to the council, and the council will be taking that up probably at a later date. Uh, Once again, Mayor Pownell is with us, along with City Administrator Ben Martig. Let's uh, move into the the regular agenda then. Uh, You uh, gave uh, some police officers raises last night. You changed the scale a little bit, uh, worked on the uh, step increases. Uh, Explain that to us. Yes, we actually had a closed meeting earlier before the meeting that related to this topic as well, just to have some discussions about it, which is allowed under state law related to potentially labor negotiations. But um, I think Mark Elliott, our police chief, has been in before talking about the law enforcement hiring crisis nationwide uh, were not unique to the rest of Minnesota and the nation related to challenges. Northfield's seen 81% decrease in the Northfield police uh, officer application since 2019, and this isn't uncommon Many departments, and we had a work session a a while back talking about um, to compete with that, a number of cities have been starting to offer signing bonuses, uh, retention bonuses, uh, increasing the lateral pay to recruit existing officers from other departments. And we have lost a handful of uh, officers for varying reasons, not just financially um, over the last year, but we also have a number of key leadership positions that are coming up for retirement next year. So we're also faced with that uh, challenge ahead of us. So the the cost of replacing officers is also really high. It takes at least six months related to doing field training for officers where they're out with other officers, uh, getting experience, working alongside more uh, veteran uh, officers to kind of learn the ropes of things. Um, But when we do have open shifts with that, even on that training, it does create added overtime cost and, and also, it's a challenging job, and so you put hours on top of it and work, you know, I think it's been healthy that there's been a growing interest of more work-life balance for a healthier home environment for our officers, but in that job, it's difficult to do that. So some of the interest in overtime over the years has decreased as people look at work-life balance issues. They're not quite as motivated sometimes in the new generations with, with money, but it, it, we do need to stay still on par with the rest. So... Last night, the council did, uh, we have a, what's called you know, in city government, and it's basically the standard that we have for pay structure is there's kind of a pay range of 11 steps based on kind of years of experience or the ability to perform the job. And then there's sometimes the cost of living that we would do annually on top of that. So we have an 11-step scale. Uh, the council authorized a three-step increase uh, last night that equates to about a 6% pay cre- increase. And that's pretty similar to what we've seen on some of these departments that are doing hiring bonuses. But we think this puts us in a strong position because it's not just a one-time thing that we think the data doesn't actually show that that necessarily keeps people, but actually moving up and keeping them higher in the scale, especially at those mid, mid-level mid officers that we have. Hopefully that solidifies them in our department. We think we're a great, great city, a great culture for our police department that is supported by the community, and we've got a professional atmosphere. But it also helps to show that and demonstrate it through pay to be competitive as well. So council did authorize that. Um, I would say the one thing that really helped, too, was the state of Minnesota uh, to help communities actually 
gave uh, millions of dollars out across the state to cities to actually help with this issue of retention, retaining, hopefully getting more officers into the profession. So Northfield is uh, scheduled to get about 900000 at the end of the year dollars uh, to be able to use for this. So we've got a funding source also to help cover the phase-in uh, of this as well. So um, pretty important issue. The legislature, I think, wrapped up in May, and we're taking action now. So I think that also demonstrates that um, we've been trying to move quickly to address the issue and be ahead of the curve rather than behind the curve on in some of the communities. We have, I guess, in some ways probably been a little behind the curve, but... When you set your budget, it also creates more challenges. We didn't completely foresee. We knew it was an emerging issue, but not enough to fully anticipate what we've seen this year. So this really helps on trying to keep our costs down as well. So appreciate the state's investment. You know, uh, Police Chief Mark Elliott has uh, uh, told KYMN News, has indicated that he will be eligible to retire uh, you know, through the pension funds and everything. He'll have enough uh, service uh, in in, uh, in April of next I believe it's April of next year. Has he made any announcements? Has that been discussed? Will there be a, a formal process in replacing him? Do you know any of those answers? <laughs> I've thought you a bunch of questions that you may not have answers to, but uh, you know, given light of the, those circumstances, uh, where are we at there? Yeah, so he, Mark, uh, Chief Elliott's been open with the council even during the budget year. He talked about succession planning and even him personally that's kind of on the plan. So we are preparing for that. I would say that not only for his position but others, we, we might be looking at other things to help do crossover uh, and maybe even delaying on some of these. I'm not sure about the chief's position or anybody else's. We haven't had any individual discussions as it relates to that. But with these dollars too, maybe there are incentives and ways to either extend some of the people to provide more time to recruit officers on some of these people coming off. Um, but either way, we'll be prepared and be start be looking at starting that process. But uh, yes, uh, the chief's been open with that, and um, uh, he's a really difficult one to replace. And we've got other senior leadership that are really important. So if we can keep them on a little bit longer, or maybe have crossover of that training period, which we the council did last year, institute a new notification period on retirements to give an additional financial incentive to give advance notice um, when they're retiring it actually mark actually did some analysis and determined you save about fifteen thousand dollars by by being able to offer that incentive which the council did so the city's also done some unique uh, programs related to that to be ahead of uh, succession planning which i think is a testament to the council's support of r really trying to be on top of this uh, issue Let's move on. We're uh, running short on time, but I want to talk about the uh, the building that's on the quarter, uh, the uh, southwest quarter of uh, Division and Woodley. Uh, it's a uh, an interesting building in that it's kind of been used for a lot of different things, from offices to retail space, and I think there might even be a apartment or a house up there. Uh, there's uh, some discussion about redeveloping that. Uh, from the council's point of view and what happened last night at the meeting, uh, get us up to date on that. Yeah, so the there was hmm, some an ordinance amendment, land development code, zoning changes that the council authorized even previously, further back, uh, to create a new, I think it's a new zoning district. I'm sorry, mm -hmm. I'm getting a little out of my element here. The Neighborhood Center Floating, Floating District Zone. Uh, which there were different properties highlighted around the city that were at key locations where it was identified that these could be potential opportunities to densify uh, those particular locations, i.e. if there is uh, just a singular house or 
two homes there or there is an opportunity for redevelopment, that could be an opportunity to also increase the number of housing units on that particular site. And so uh, one of this is actually the second uh, property that uh, was on our agenda last night. This is uh, the only one that made it onto our regular agenda just simply because of the its location. I think we had some people at the Planning Commission that were expressing some concerns about densifying, increasing the number of housing units at that particular location, and some potential ramifications that if they did not supply the necessary parking on-site and then instead uh, wanted to take advantage of all on-street parking, that there could be some potential um, difficulties or unintended consequences there because it's such a busy corner. Um, we do have an existing business right across the road, and there's always uh, cars parked in that area anyway, and we do want people to slow down. And narrowing up the road and allowing parking on both sides helps us to accomplish that, but ensuring that we don't um, make decisions that uh, would unintentionally limit our ability to make uh, improvements in design to that whole corridor right there in the future, I think is really important. That is a busy intersection. There's no question about that. What type of, uh, is this going to be a teardown of the existing building? Uh, uh, do, do you know anything about the the plans for this? Would be a teardown and a rebuild of a new, uh, like, apartment complex or something? Uh, what what do we know on that so far? Uh, yeah, the zoning did, wasn't tied directly to a proposed development, so mm-hmm. I'm not aware that there's any application in the mix. Certainly, if uh, that transpires, I'd be happy to talk about details of that, but I'm not aware that there's anything specifically there. Mm-hmm. I think, as the mayor said, it's a little complicated, but I think it's like considered an overlay district, so technically the resident, residential zoning stays there, but this is kind of on top of it. Um, but as the mayor said, uh, it, it includes... Uh, it includes a review if the that will go through those processes if the develop if there's a development proposal specifically. Thank you both for joining us. Yeah. Much appreciated. Uh, we're Absolutely. out of time. We got to get moving on, but uh, thanks for joining us. Have a great Wednesday, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, sounds great. Thanks, thanks Jeff. Jeff. Northfield Mayor Rhonda Pownell and City Administrator Ben Marding. Got Rich standing by. Local news headlines and Tim McNiff news with a side of sports on the way. The 5th Annual Rotary 4-Way Taste Festival is almost here. With almost 20 local vendors bringing their best selection of local craft beer, wine, liquors, and cider. Our host is the Red Barn Farm, and they will be serving their famous pizza this year by the slice. Then grab some delicious ice cream and enjoy live music from Chad Johnson from 5.30 to 8.30. Enjoy the incredible selection of vendors and drinks on Thursday, July 20th. It will be a night to remember at the annual 4-Way Taste Festival. Buy your tickets at northfieldrotary.org by going to events and